The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Wall Street surged yesterday to start the week. Good morning and good day. Yesterday, a small cap Russell 2000. Think of the S&P 500 as 500 companies, but really it's 10 to 20. It's the biggest companies that you know, like the Apples and the Microsofts, um, the Starbucks. They're the biggest ones that have the most influence on the S&P 500. So it should be called the S&P 20 really important ones and 480 that kind of go along and show you what the economy is doing. <clears throat> Think of the different indexes. Russell 2000 small. S&P 500, large and kind of international footprint. Russell 2000 more in the U.S. I don't really like the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. It just seems too random to me. It's something that my my father would. It was more of an industrial index in, in, in its day. Um, so I like to look at like the Dow transports, which were planes, trains, and automobiles. Because if you do believe what Wall Street's telling you. When those sectors, uh, those segments of a sector, the sector being uh, transport, the segment being planes, trains, and automobiles, they have a reflection. Semiconductor soared yesterday. Energy was in the green. The oil patch surged 3%. Tech and healthcare were both up 2% yesterday. So it was just an all-around good day, except for we did get some reminders again, healthy. Regal Cinema is going to temporarily close 500-plus of its U.S. locations. Cineworld, parent of Regal Cinema, will also close its locations in the U.K. Um, The CEO wants blockbuster movies to help, and I saw whoever's working on the Dune movie that was put on hold, uh, so it's falling back. And yesterday, we, we, we just continue to see the, the slate of movies pushed back. Or there's just nothing in the movie theaters to go see, to be fair. So the Cineworld CEO said it's cheaper to just keep our electricity off than it is to bring in a few employees to show a couple movies. Right? Um, other big stories out there, NVIDIA launched Maxine, which is an artificial intelligence platform for video conferencing. Huh. NVIDIA's been dropping some um, expansion recently. So their CEO will come out and says, oh, by the way, we're getting into better server chips. Oh, we're getting into the chips that will completely erase the, NVIDIA, uh, the Intel chip that you need on inside of it. Oh, okay. So now we get Maxine, which is an artificial intelligence platform. For video conferencing it's using artificial intelligence to uh, boost streaming quality resolution lighting and noise cancellation i could dig with that i do a spot every day on television now from my luxurious office and uh the lighting is really different at 9 15 in the morning than it is at 3 15 in the afternoon that's probably the worst thing about watching news channels these days is seeing how many reporters are struggling to figure out the correct lighting and the correct audio. 
So I say, bring it on, NVIDIA. <clears throat> Via plans on using Maxine's technology in its own video conferencing app. So customers will benefit from background noise removal, virtual green screens, uh, rich presenter features enabling presenters to be overlaid on top of presentations and content. So this time next year, we should be looking at a better Zoom. Because if, if nothing else, NVIDIA will bring the competition. Okay. What is going to work this year for the holidays? Oh, boy. Right? The Grinch. The COVID Grinch could steal Christmas. But if he does, we'll just order online. So maybe we won't uh, go out or open our door for carolers. <laughs> There's a funny scene right there, right? Maybe we won't go out to malls together. But we'll still order gifts for friends and family. Um, so who's to be a big winner this year? I, you got to think UPS and FedEx, right? You have to. Um, again, like maybe like Uber, no. Do you want to go like simple and go with Walmart or Amazon? Yeah, I think you could. But we're going to see a rise in volumes and it's going to strain capacity. Uh, FedEx is looking to add some 70,000 workers this holiday season for increased capacity and flexibility. It's also planning to implement several peak surcharges to cover higher costs. That kind of became a thing recently. Holiday shipping costs, where it's going to be a couple extra dollars. And we're just good with it. But I think UPS, easily $175 stock. FedEx, $300 stock. Just on where we are with COVID. It's weird, right? I do see everything as money. Something wrong with me. Um, so I talked a lot about yesterday. Let me talk a little bit about today. Yesterday was, again, this, the news cycle that we're on right now with Trump and COVID, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, oh, we're up. Uh, yeah, we're, we're up. It, it was, it was, it's an interesting open. I'm looking at it for the first time in 45 minutes. Uh, we definitely were in the red in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. The Russell started higher and it's going lower. Everything else started lower and it's going higher. And when I say everything, I'm talking NASDAQ, Dow 30, S&P 500. So that's out there. So stocks are a little mixed right now. Um, I would say struggling higher, working higher. But I, I like the word struggle better. So there's not a lot of direction going right now. In Washington, we still look for Treasury, Secre Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They're slated to have more discussions about the size of a, another round of virus-related relief measures. But yesterday, the news, did, did anyone else get that crazy news? Kind of cycle where President Trump came back to Washington and walked up a flight of stairs and was panting. Um, that just seemed a little, like, that's how crazy we are right now. We're eyeballing people's breathing. But I'll leave it at that. U.S. trade deficit widened to $67.1 billion in August. That's the biggest since 2006. That's something that 
if we had a trade deal with China, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But we are going to be the world's consumers for the foreseeable future. So that's a data point that doesn't mean the world to me. The jobs report, the first Friday of the month, that means a lot to me because I'm a stock junkie. But the trade deficit widening to 67.1 billion from 63.4 billion in July, just, I guess if I were to extrapolate, um, we're, we're letting other countries manufacture goods for us and we're bringing them in and we manufacture for them and send them out. But maybe we're, maybe it's a little unfair that we're letting the world have more jobs than we're getting out of the deal. But I'm not, I'm not that kind of talker. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I think we're going to get a vice presidential debate this week. We're waiting to hear what Jerome Powell says about the economy. It's kind of how Wall Street works a little bit ways. We're talking about the future. Or we try to, at least, you know. Um, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Will he or won't he sit and talk with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi? Will the possible COVID relief package shape up later this week? So... Do you see how the focus is along those those lines? There's been a recent increase in Treasury um, prices, that 10-year Treasury note. And it's been taken as a sign that investors are moving out of the risk curve and into more stocks. So if the 10-year Treasury sits at 60 basis points and it goes down to 50 basis points, so you're getting one half of 1%, that's 50 basis points. If it moves from 60 to 50, that's a sign that investors are scared, that they don't like what they're seeing in the stock market. And they're, they're hiding it in something safe, a promise from the U.S. government to repay its debt. <clears throat> if you see the 10-year Treasury creeps from 60 basis points to 70 basis points, it's starting to think, okay, people are starting to take their cash or their safe money and move it somewhere else. Little bit of an oversimplification. But I think that should help you a little bit. So sometimes you're blending. We're looking for Pelosi and Mnuchin to talk on events that could come down the road. And sometimes you can see what's happening right there in front of your eyes with the 10-year Treasury. The White House blocked a new Food and Drug Administration guidelines on bringing potential vaccines for COVID-19 to the market. That just feels like a mess. But I'll be quiet. Um, there was a Republican memo that was sent around that a web company, Politico, and other news that got a hold of. The House Judiciary Committee panel, led by Democrats, is poised to propose sweeping competition reforms against Apple, Google, Amazon, and Facebook. So how does that make you feel as a, as a, as a person who lives in those areas' backyards? Apple, Google, Alphabet, Amazon, and Facebook – and there was a Republican memo that got to the news organizations talking about the Democrat-controlled Judiciary Committee 
So basically, it looks like the Republicans leaked this memo as a way of hurting the Democrats. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I've seen one too many spy movies, right? But as a person who, you know, I have a neighbor who works at Google. I've got a neighbor who works at uh, Facebook. I got a neighbor who works at. <clears throat> I don't necessarily want them moving. Not because I like them, but because if you get a lot of inventory going, then you get a lot of turnover going and who's going to buy their home. And then suddenly you find out like no one could buy their home because a lot of tech companies are getting the, you know, the brass tack treatment from the judiciary panel. <clears throat> so I don't necessarily want my home values to go down. I don't like, do you see where I'm going at with that? But do I think, yeah, of course I think the tech companies need more regulation. <laughs> But that's me, and that's not you. <clears throat> Logitech dropped 4.7% yesterday, and Sonos did as well. Apple, it looks like they're going to stop selling competitor speakers and headphones, a sign that it may be preparing its own. Um, that's kind of interesting. It's, again, the whole argument of, Okay, you can go into the Apple Store and buy a product made by another company. That's kind of nice of them, but you get it, right? There's not much of a story there. Apple's in the business of selling headphones. Same with Logitech. Apple's in the business of selling speakers. Same with Sonos. Sonos is so such high quality, and Logitech has been too. That's one of the reasons you could find their stuff in their stores. But now, that's bad for both those companies because they're losing retail sales channel, right? Northrop Grumman gained 1.4% after getting raised to outperform from sector perform at RBC Capital. That's an interesting thought, Northrop Grumman. You're thinking, <clears throat> play on the military, right? Maybe Republican, maybe value. Southwest Airlines, ticker symbol love. They advanced eight-tenths of a percent after the company asked employees to take pay cuts, and its CEO said he would forego a salary. Um, they're going to try not to fire people. I don't know how I feel about that. The world, the news world, financial news world, loves Southwest Airlines. They're a company that's always been profitable. And the airlines have always had problems maintaining profits, so in good times and bad times. So Southwest asking all employees, some employees, to take pay cuts. <clears throat> At what point do you not want them to take pay cuts? Like, I, at what point do you not take a pay cut? I don't necessarily want my pilots taking a pay cut. <clears throat> I definitely don't want the mechanics taking a pay cut. <clears throat> The person who does the PR marketing campaign, ah, you can take a pay cut. But see, I'm not even being fair there because if that person lives next to me, I know, I know, I know. But if he lives next to me, I don't want him to take a pay cut because then maybe he'll lose his job, not pay his mortgage, right? <clears throat> I got a lot of phlegm in my throat this morning. Just sharing that with you. You can thank me later. <clears throat> so I've already talked about shipping costs. That's going to be inflation, right? There's a little bit where COVID has created more inflation. Is it COVID or is it online shopping? You could probably argue either or both, right? Um, but that's the stuff that you don't want to see in the world. 
elsewhere out there. Let's take a look at the top stories of the day. Um, traffic and retail stores is expected to be down 22% this year. It's a funny number, isn't it? Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is still expected to be the busiest day in stores and malls, but it's losing clout. Black Friday in the past was so big, it was typically double the number of you know, Super Saturday. And uh, it's not going to be that way this year. So we're okay with that, I think. Mark Cuban is saying something kind of funny, and you know who Mark Cuban is. Entrepreneur, investor, Shark Tank. He's invested in hundreds of successful companies. He founded and sold several startups that helped him reach billionaire status. He said something to, to Men's Health Magazine. The best investment I ever made was investing in myself, first and foremost. He talks about um, a lot of self-driven success. He slept on the floor of an apartment that he shared with six others. Frequently came home to the lights that had been turned off, cut off, <clears throat> cut off credit cards, cut off electricity, things along those lines. But one of the funniest things he said is, the best thing I've ever done is invest in myself. You're looking for something a little different than that, aren't you? I'm Rob Black. You're talking Rob Black Shoe. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. We got to see President Donald Trump flying in Air Force One last week. I was looking at some research on the airline industry. And they it's really weird the way research analysts work at times. They're trying to put a correlation between Trump being seen on Air Force One, big old plane, and Trump getting COVID, and stories saying, you know, he traveled in the plane, he had a party at the Rose Garden. And the analyst is deducing that airline traffic could be curtailed even further as people put two and two together. About 700,000 passengers a day are taking commercial flights. It's down from 2.2 million a year ago. But some airlines have curtailed schedules on signs that demand is looking weak over the next few months. Southwest Airlines cuts 38,000 flights in November, 55,000 for December. Airflow to the cabin is circulated 20 to 30 times an hour. We keep hearing that. The risks on a plane are lower than in any other types of confined spaces because of the filters that they're using. But getting a president to get COVID is not the best thing in the world because it's like seeing a, and I hope this isn't a bad comparison, it's like seeing a, who was the Jeremy Lin, the Asian-American play basketball? You're like, whoa, that inspired a lot of Asian-Americans to play basketball. Um, when you see somebody out there do something strong or something weak that you take as a hero or as a role model. It's disconcerting. But that's the type of analysis that I'm like, eh, I don't know about that one. Uh, doing a lot of research on real estate for you. Denver has one of the hottest and most competitive housing markets in America right now. I like Denver. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like it in five years because I think cities change every couple five years or so. But having visited Denver last year, big thumbs up to that area. Boy, they love breakfast in Denver. Median prices for single-family homes 
hit a record high 510,000 for a condo 334,000. I think it's fair to say that those numbers are a million plus in the Bay Area for the home and 800,000 to a million for a condo. So different world, right? But tech workers are fleeing the Bay Area and they're looking for more outdoor space. Denver had a record low number of homes for sale in September, not by a little, but by nearly half. There were 3,040 single family homes listed for sale, down from 5,690. And that's just telling you, it's getting competitive. Stiff competition when there's not a lot of inventory means higher prices. Home sellers are hesitant to sell as the thought of moving and logistics of that process during a pandemic is, is incredibly daunting. Um, I'm opening up a little bit, but I don't know if I want like movers to come in my house and pack up boxes and painters to come in and paint the walls and such like that. So it's creating a little bit more of an odd dynamic or an off dynamic in Denver. Um, sales of homes priced at over a million dollars were up 80% annually. Uh, luxury market seeing 15% higher volume than it did in 2019. So excess demand partly caused by the spring market shutdown has largely been satiated. Market remains considerably more active than a year ago period. So Denver, it's pretty, it's cute. Um, I once wanted to refer to Denver. Uh, I like mid-sized markets. I always have. I always find buying in New York, San Francisco, LA, Chicago, very stressful. I don't want to be a landlord of those cities. So I don't mind being a landlord in a smaller city or to hire a management company to do it for me. And I, I don't need to have a lot of thinking on why I just said that out loud, but, um, I've always liked, and it makes me look smart in hindsight. When I first got on the radio 20 years ago, I was like, oh yeah, city college towns are the place to buy. So you can like look at a Denver, a Raleigh, a Nashville, an Austin, uh, Seattle. They had their grunge period. Um, then they got to Amazon. <laughs> I think Amazon trumps the uh, rock, scissors, paper, the, the grunge period, but um, mid-sized markets aren't bad. There's always going to be demand. So large markets, I think, become stressful. Why do I not want to be a landlord in New York City, Washington, um, San Francisco, Chicago? I think it just comes with a different type of tenant in my mind. And it's something that I'm not terribly, terribly comfortable with. Um, It comes with a different... uh, I'd rather rent to a family than, say, rent to six tech workers who are living in a three bedroom house who are going to fight over, you know, silly things in, inside the home. Right. I don't know. That's totally my thinking, but I think it has to be close. Teenagers, man, I love you teenage. Uh, they're buying fewer clothes. Okay. That makes sense. Right. I've got a neighbor who, for lack of a, a better name, we'll call Audrey. And uh, she's not as social as she was. In high school, she had to be seen. 
so now she's a you know kind of a 18 year old 19 year old uh, I'm not seeing her in as fashionable hairstyles great but she's not really going to see hairstylists anymore right Teen spending, teen spending hit an all-time low. Isn't that something? Teens reported spending just $887 on handbags. Apparel spending came in at $507 per teen per year. That's down 11% from the year before. That's a little bit of a shocker to me. Teens reported spending about $2,150 this year. Wow. They're spending less on food, concerts, um, and clothes. Apparel spending came in about $507 per teen. It's down 11%. Females on average spend about $160 more on clothes than males. Uh, this is just an odd one inside of this report. Uh, handbag spending. The average teen spends $87 on a purse. Um, okay. I, I, that's that's kind of news to me. I, I'm not a female, and I've never even thought about that statistic. But that's important if you're Michael Kors or Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy. If you invest in companies like Nike or American Eagle or Lululemon, you do care about what teenagers spend their money on. It is is it up or down? So I'm not gonna ever recommend anything like H and M or Forever Twenty One. But we do stories all the time about mall traffic being down twenty five percent this year. I don't see how L Brands stays in business between less foot traffic and then you get, you know, millennials not liking the brand. And when I say L Brands, it's Victoria's Secret. Ooh la la la. Millennials seem to want more functional undergarments than frilly. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it there because anything I say after that just comes across as creepy. Teen's favorite website is Amazon.com. Okay. So you kind of see what where this kind of report's leading us. 33% of teens reported shopping at department stores, down from 36% the year before. So you kind of see that Amazon's got some market that they can still grow. If foot traffic's down that 3%, and Amazon grew... Uh, 54% of all teenagers said that Amazon's their favorite online shopping destination. That's up from 52% the year before. So Amazon's continuing to gain market share. Mind share? Market share? Probably a little bit of both, right? Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Earlier in the show, I talked about UPS and FedEx being big winners from the COVID in the long term, they've figured out things like holiday surcharges. They're getting better and better with logistics, catching up to Amazon. But let me flip the coin on that one and say, okay, so who's going to be a winner in shopping? Certainly the shipping companies. How about Costco? I'm really torn on even talking about Costco. In large part... It's not my kind of investment. It's a warehouse. It's a retailer. Um, I get that it, it's awesome. I get that it's been a long-term winner. I get it all. I, and I can make a case for you owning it. I just, for some reason, my, my head turns off when I see it. Um, 
probably because I don't like going to Costco. Uh, have I bought things at Costco? Yes. But some people love the free samples. I'm like, ooh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but there's been big gains in Costco's monthly same store sales throughout the pandemic. And a lot of people are starting to think, well, they probably picked up some new customers. Yes, yes. They probably they pulled some traffic forward uh, with people stockpiling. Yes, yes. But everything still remains robust and continues to improve. So I just don't like the Costco has the secret sauce that, you know, um, quality and value is what they've been talking about. They curate its products. They stock desirable private label brands. They deliver some of the so-called treasure hunt model that's been successful for off-price retailers. Uh, they do a lot of things well. It's just, it's not my investment, but you can see that I could find things to like and I could find things to dislike. As an investor, super important that you develop your own tastes. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The pandemic has pushed back sports seasons. The pandemic has pushed back the Olympics. Pandemic has caused James Bond, super spy, to be delayed. A man who's always on time and always punctual, except for when he's in your office taking pictures of the legal Death Star you're building. But video games, again, have thrived during COVID, while all the other forms of entertainment that we have in our life have been delayed. I'm not saying completely. But thriving is awesome. And I'm talking video games, right? I used the statistic yesterday. And for the record, they're expecting to deliver the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox on time, as they always are. So they didn't get bumped. They didn't get pushed back. They didn't get... We'll find out about the titles in development. But across the board, I feel pretty comfortable saying that video game sales are expected to rise about 20% this year to $45.6 billion. The movie industry this year is going to pull in about $1.9 billion. Okay, that's not fair, you're saying, because theaters are closed. Okay, that's fair. I get it. Um, the best year ever for the movie theaters was 2018, and that pulled in $11.9 billion. $11.9 billion, the best ever for the movie industry. Um, video games this year are going to pull in $45 billion. Best year ever, let's just call it $12 billion for movies. This year, $45 billion and growing at 20%. As an investor, do you want to invest in the movie industry or do you want to invest in video games? Now, I know, I know. You're going to look at people like Oracle. Uh, Larry Ellison you know, had successful children who are now producing movies. They're making wealth on their own. No, thank you. So it's a pretty big moment that people like me are talking about video games as a grown-up thing and not a kid's thing. Video game sales are serious money. The investments, Activision Blizzard, ticker symbol ATVI. If I had a boy who I wanted to teach about investing, I'd consider shares of Activision or Electronic Arts or Take-Two Interactive. They're all up over 25% this year. 
if there's any way to look back at history, um, we're just starting the hardware cycle for the new Sony and for the new Microsoft Xbox. So when that happens, when a new machine is unveiled every six or seven years, it ushers in a wave of new innovation, customers and sales. Uh, I've got a friend who does a lot of the virtual reality work over at Facebook. And some of the stuff he's showing me is pretty neat. Uh, he's basically working on like how, how operating systems, and forgive me for being ignorant here, of setting up your own virtual house in your augmented headphones, your augmented reality, your um, alternate reality. Like um, that's virtual reality. That's his job is so that when you put on your headset, it's maybe looks like your own home or how you want your home to live. Like maybe decide, I want to make it look like I live in the Jetsons home. Okay, not the Jetsons, maybe the Jeffersons. Old Wheezy. Wheezy, we're moving on up to the east side. Um, <clears throat> great theme song. Yeah, great TV song, right? In the day where TV had great songs. Anyway, um, so anytime the hardware starts, it creates six or seven years of new innovation, new customers, and new sales. And what I was trying to get out with Facebook, um, as NVIDIA and AMD make these chips faster and faster, stronger and stronger, uh, it should lead to more innovation and an introduction to more people. Um, um, let's say I, I'll play Fortnite, but let's say I'd buy a new computer to play Star Wars where I'm Darth Vader and I get a lightsaber and I could run around and chop people up. Or my brother Mike, who doesn't play games, maybe that's his ticket in. The virtual reality aspect. So at some point in time, Microsoft and, and uh, Sony are going to have these headsets, right? And they're going to say, do you want to go to a concert? And they're going to get us front row seats. And we'll be happier with that than we would if we were in the back row. I think I once told you that I bought tickets to U2 and I was so stoked. I stayed, stayed up all night, stood in line for tickets, got there, hit four. Tickets come out. And they were for the last row in the whole arena. I was so bummed. I'm a ticket snob. I'd rather not go to an event if I ha if I can't see the performers. I can, you know, okay, ticket snob. Is that fair? So another thing that's happening in video games this year is they're raising the prices. So when you, your kid goes, ma'am, I want NBA 2K21. And you're like, please, Junior, stop that voice. It's killing me. But ma'am. So NBA 2K21 is going to cost $70. Last year, NBA 2K cost $60. So there's price inflation in, in entertainment. Eh, we'll see how that plays out. The Grand Theft Auto game launched in 2013. It sold 135 million units uh, when 10 million is considered excess. In that time, Take-Two Interactive stock is up 900%. Do I think there's going to be a Grand Theft Auto 6? Yes. Do I think it'll take more advantage of this hardware? Yes. Um, do I think Take-Two Interactive is expensive at 32 times earnings? Yes. Do I want to own it? I kind of do. Um, because I see the visibility. I see the Grand Theft Auto 6. and They still release Grand Theft Auto 5 updates. They're still milking that cow. Is it fair to... Is that an insult to cows? 
Um, they're growing faster than Apple. I think they deserve a multiple faster than Apple. I like EA, Take-Two, Activision, Ubisoft, which you can buy out of France. Probably dislike uh, out of that group. Electronic Arts is probably the one I'd kick to the curb. But do I think they're going to sell a lot of Maddens? Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about this much, much more as the days come on. Find me online at roblockshow.com.